Hello there, everyone, and welcome to Pick Up Play Episode 3. Uh, my name's Ben, Dangerman on MF Gamers, and uh, joining me is Ill. Hello there, how's it going, dude? Not too bad. How has your month been? Uh, yeah, it's been a good month. When people ask me, I don't ever consider anything that happens in my life to be news. So, <laughs> so when people ask me what's been going on, I literally can't think of a single thing. And then as the conversation comes out, shit gets picked up. and I'm like, oh, I've done this, I've done that. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, so stuff has happened. Well, so some of it is, because it's not like, oh, yeah, I went to watch this. I went to do this. I went to, it's like. You speak to I speak to my parents or something like that. I haven't spoken to them for a few weeks, and like, oh, what have you been up to? And you're like, I haven't done anything, done anything, because you can't go. Oh well, actually, uh, I finished this, and uh, I've been recording Dreamcast games, and I've been doing like I forgot this uh, this thing where I can make animated logos. And I'm trying to learn how to do that. Like they don't give a fuck. No, they don't. To be fair, or well, you say that, you should give it a go. Yeah. But then you'll become one of these boring fuckers that just whittles on about their two particular hobbies. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I do, football and games, but uh, <laughs> I do occasionally swear about politicians as well, to be fair. Oh, I try to leave that stuff alone, but yeah, I know where you're coming from. Mm, easy at the minute. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we just ref- this podcast is just referencing other podcasts. We've already nicked an idea from Backpage Pod. Which we'll get to in a minute, yeah. and now we're doing no, athletic mints. Athletic mints, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever noticed? <laughs> <laughs> they seem to slow down over um, lockdown quite a lot. Yeah, they did. Also, did you know that um, Andy from Athletic Mints tweeted something semi-controversial as well, and nearly got himself cancelled? I remember him having to go very quiet because he said he wanted to kick Michael Gove to death in front of his children. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Which I don't disagree with the sentiment, but... People aren't interested in our opinions of Athletico Mints, are they? <laughs> no, let's, let's move on. But yeah. the the other idea that we did steal was the, well, I guess, eBay purchase jail thing from yeah. BackpagePod. You say we, but I didn't steal it because I've never heard of this podcast before. Yeah. I, 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 you know... I'm guilty by association here. Yeah. We are continuing to do it. In fact, if we hadn't mentioned it, no one would have known. But no, so yeah, you need to shut your stupid mouth. Yeah. So I I went on quite a lot last month about what I'd bought. So do you want to start with yourself? And also, has anything turned up like right just before we hit record like happened last time? No, but I am. The, the, the postman hasn't been today. And it's like a lottery. I just don't, I forget what I've ordered and, you know, all sorts <laughs> yeah. come through. So yeah. like something might, might pop in today. Um, as a precursor to me talking about my things that i've bought this month um i haven't played any of them i've bought some of them for collection purposes only so it's not like so it's sort of like the the opposite of what this podcast is supposed to be about i've bought some stuff but i have no intention of playing it and in some cases i can't play it because it's japanese rpgs yeah but it's good to have on the shelf oh yeah it looks great on the fucking shelf yeah <laughs> yeah no i can simply, i'm not gonna They'll still get approved, I suspect, depending yeah. on what they are. Probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole point was we were supposed to pre-approve purchases, not buy them and then <laughs> <laughs> see think... if the other one cares or not. Oh, man, I haven't got that sort of fucking time to be pre-approving. I'm guessing you haven't. The amount of shit that it's just like, I've bought this. Why have I bought it? I don't know. Yeah. I was on eBay. The, it's true. the football was a bit boring. Actually, I'll tell you what. I'll, um, I'll start with the first games that I bought. <sighs> oh. Let me just move the pile here. 
tried to grab it one-handed. Haven't got oh, the biggest hands in the world. You've got a physical pile. I'm appreciating the effort you've gone to here. Yeah. You've actually got your, your pile in front. Yeah, I, I bought him downstairs just already, and I'm holding him. For some reason, like, oh, she'll wax lyrical whilst looking at them, despite having looked at them a few times. And, like, not really taking in any of the details. It's more something I'm just doing while I'm talking. I could probably put them down. Anyway, I told you about this, and you, I think you declined. You said, oh, I won't bother. This was um, Mega Man Anniversary Collection and Mega Man X Collection. Did I tell you about these or tell you about something else? Um, I, You did mention these to me, but I don't remember it being in a, a way of like, hey, get on this. Oh, okay. I thought I did. Or I might have sent you the link of something else from the same site. Well, this is PlayAsia. I haven't bought anything from PlayAsia for a long time. But they were doing brand new copies of Mega Man Anniversary Collection and Mega Man X Collection on PlayStation 2 for like... $15. Oh, yeah. That is pretty good. That's great. So I got them. They're sealed. Not in, like, you know, when Nintendo does a sealed game, there's that nice little Nintendo band. It's either in red or black. Yeah, they sometimes. My understanding is there was a rule in Japan for a while where you weren't allowed to sell secondhand games, and so they used to reseal the games. Yeah, so this is could, this could be what this is, but these are in perfect nick. The boxes yeah. are perfect. The like inner sleeves are perfect. I couldn't tell you the insides because they're sealed, and that goes against everything in my soul to interrupt. So they'll probably stay this way. Plus the fact, not only have I got most of the originals of these games, but I've also got the collections on like modern day consoles. There was there was no point in buying these, but I've got them, and I love them. It was X the ones did X come on to the DS and GBA, hmm. or were they just? There's definitely X... there's definitely some X games. There's definitely some uh, Mega Man X games or Rockman X games on the Game Boy. I'm sure I've got one on the Game Boy Advance at least. Yeah, I've got a Japanese one upstairs somewhere. I should look this up. I guess it's slightly more anime looking. Yeah. Mega Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, as it, it, it got more anime looking, the more it went away from just pixel art. And then went back into pixel art for like, was it like 9, 10, and 11? Yeah. No, yeah, 9 and the, 10 anyway. The Wii download game. Yeah. It, actually, it's on everything. Because mm. I've got it on the Xbox as well. But yeah, who cares? But yeah, so I bought those, no intention of playing them. And I'll go through the other things that I've got no intention of playing either. So, have you ever heard of a series of games called Summon Night? Oh, um, have I? You might be the second person to mention someone night to me. What a life you live. Yeah, I forget. It might have been Radio Floyd might have mentioned it. Okay. Is he still in Japan? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, go on. Yeah, tell me about him. (sighs) I'm assuming you've opened him and played him, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. It's a funny story. Um, No. (laughs) So, I've got one on the Game Boy Advance, and I always fucking forget the name of it. It's not important. It's a summer night game on the advance. Now, it's just one of these series that I didn't know was outside of this one game. And um, I'm like quite into video game collection shit on Instagram. Got my own account at Dirty Dan Stuff for all your video game collection needs. There's a girl on there who posted a picture of Summer Night 6 on the PlayStation 4. And she was oh, like... So, yeah, it, definitely been a few. Yeah, have any of you guys like been able to pick this up? She's like, she was on holiday with a friend in Amsterdam and went into like a second-hand game shop, and she likes this series and picked up six for like thirty whatever well euros, I guess. I looked it up on Amazon, and they didn't even have any for sale. And then I think I saw it like I don't know, like a week later, and somebody had one on the marketplace for like eighty quid. I was like, fuck, that is hard to get hold of for a decent price. 
Mm. And seeing Summer Night 6, that was the first time that I recognised there was a game outside of that one game that I've had on the Game Boy Advance for like 20 years. So I bought Summer Night 1 and 2 on the PlayStation. I bought Summer Night 3 and 4 on the PlayStation 2. And Summer Night has got two spin-off games on the PlayStation 2. I bought both of them. And I bought Summer Night 5, which is also available on the PlayStation 4, but I found it on the PSP, so I bought that too. So yeah, I've just got these games, all in Japanese, all RPGs, all unplayable. <laughs> so how does it play? It looks like I've, I've got, is it like a Super Robot Wars or something yeah. like that? You already know more than me. I just like the pretty covers. And uh, yeah. I've played I've played the Summer Night on the Game Boy a little tiny bit, but it was... So long ago, I couldn't really remember. Maybe what I'll do. Oh no, no, no! Do you know what's happening? I've Are you going to want to get these? I've started to type eBay in. And <laughs> I'm look and see if I can get a summer night game on something to yeah. to see how it plays. Yeah, because I'm I quite like the idea of us playing um something at the same time, well, something we've not played before. But. Yeah, I I would say then there's two ways of going with this. You could either get a game that I haven't got and I have to buy it, or you could get one of the games that I've already got, e.g., the one on the Game Boy Advance. Well, there's um, there's a DS one for a tenner. This is not not good content, is it? Me browsing eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm loving it. <laughs> I'll I'll have a look. You can get yeah, yeah. one two. Well, we could we could go on a bidding wars for the one on the DS. <laughs> okay, yeah. one copy for a tenner. Yeah. Here's the thing. I I feel like though, if if the, that story started off I was like, yeah, well, I was trying. I was bidding on one. Right, I ended up paying like 80 quid for it <laughs> yeah. because this guy, someone Danger kept outbidding me. Manchester, yeah. So if you were saying that, I'd be the other end of that kind of going, oh yeah, no, I didn't I didn't look at that one. No, 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 no. I, I wouldn't want to admit that, yeah, you outbid me. Oh, wow. I didn't know that this series like spans so many things. So I know that a lot of them are on PSP and PlayStation. But yeah, like Summer Night 2 is on DS. Unless they're like this weird little spin-off series where they're just exclusive for that console because it, hmm. it could say something else in japanese that i can't read it looks like they're strategy rpgs that then comes into like a 2d left and right of the screen kind of battle yeah which is how like robot wars and things like that work so um that's summer night i bought a game on the ds as well and i think that you have this and i think this is why i bought it did, did you buy Ontamarama Rama or whatever it's called. Ontamarama. I'm going to take your confused silence as a no. <laughs> no. Have <laughs> you got a, a link to it or something? But it's um, it's just this random DS game. It's the American version. I've always loved the American versions. It's an Atlas release, so I was like, cool. And uh, it was like a tenner, so I just bought it. It's starting to ring a bell, but... Um, okay. I don't think I've got it. Maybe I have. On to... I mean, look, there's every chance that I have bought it, shown you a picture of it, all this sort of stuff, and I'm like, what? No, I've never heard of that. It's Yeah, the cover's like uh, two anime-looking anime looking girl and a boy. For some reason, she's holding, like, it could either be a trophy or a chicken. I've no idea. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to guess you haven't got it. I just tried to type in what the name was, and I accidentally hit the microphone button and it started typing what i was saying to you oh so, wow yeah which is weird on to ma ra there it is oh it's a music game 
Okay, let me let me let me send you this link. <laughs> it's really poor, isn't it? When it's like, oh wait, is that? Oh, I have no yeah, idea. I didn't at all. I saw it was American Atlas game on the DS, and it was a tenner from Amazon, and it's sealed. And I was like, fuck it, I'm having that. <laughs> yeah, I thought um, I thought the entire series. Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're idiots. <laughs> That'll do it for the games that I've bought and probably won't play. Do you know what? I might play that. That I can't, I can't say it. For some reason, it's like Onta Mara Ma. There you How go. do you spell it? O-N-T-A-M-A-R-A-M-A. Uh, and D-S. Yeah, Onta Marama. Onta Marama. There you go. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't think I've played this. Oh, um, I don't think I've ever seen it before. Yeah. The fuck did I get hold of this then? I was so positive it was you. I might, I might buy it. <laughs> it's just, oh, I, I don't get paid until next week. I can't. And Christmas. I can't be and... sat. The first half of the podcast can't be me just kind of going, yeah, I've bought that on eBay now. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you get it from? Yeah, all right, I bought I'll that. i that as well. Yeah, but then at least we can play them at the same time, like you say. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, is it still a tenner on Amazon? Oh, I don't know. Is it Amazon UK? Yeah. Let's have a look. It's so fucking random. That's why I bought it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Tenner. Nine ninety nine. Four left. Yeah, tenner. Prime delivery. I know. It could be a Monday. Fuck it. I might I'll leave that page open. That's 20 quid spent already. <laughs> yeah, good times. Good times. Well, at least we'll have a podcast for next month. <laughs> yeah, how far did you get? Well, both of them are in Japanese, so not very. <laughs> yeah, and sealed, so, you know, I was never going to open it. Uh, again, being on... Instagram and looking at people's collections and stuff, I get a little bit jealous, especially sometimes it's just numbers. Sometimes they post a picture of their the amount of games they've got on one console, and I'm like, well, what I've got is good games. I've got quality over quantity. Yeah. But, uh, I also could do with some quantity, to be honest with you. So I went onto eBay and listed it in Ending Soonest mm-hmm. and just put, like, there were four that came up ending in 15 hours, so I put in the minimum bid. I think one was £4, one was £8, one was £7, and one was £6.50 or that. I just put that in. All of them bar one was postage including, and I won them all. What uh, platform is this? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't say. This is GameCube. Oh, right, cool. Yeah, because I've, I've got... All my GameCube games are good GameCube games, because they're like... The games you bought at the time. Yeah, mostly the AAA titles that you were looking forward to. A couple of like little random RPGs that I bought later on, because I heard they were good and you know what it's like when you collect games you want the RPGs yeah. they're the ones that normally go up in value can I jump in on this point mm-hmm. um, I posted I was asked by Math on MF Gamers to post a picture of my 3DS collection oh yeah right um, so I did and then when I posted the picture up it doesn't look very big at all it looks pathetic mm. it's just like oh. I mean, we've all been there with taking pictures of things. Yeah, sending them to people when they don't look big and then getting <laughs> yeah. messages back saying that they're pathetic. Yeah. That's never happened to me. No, but you hear the story. You hear it, yeah. And I, I, looked, I counted them, and there was something like 54 games there. Yeah, I and think you may have sent me the same picture. Yeah, probably. I've probably added a couple since then, but like it, it sort of was like, yeah. And I, I posted about it saying it's this weird thing of, I think it's because nowadays you've seen so many other people's collections whereas you think back to when you were a kid and what you had as a you know for me the mega drive i had like eight games or something like that yeah yeah big. Ooh, nicely leaned up on the shelves yeah and you like really play oh, okay i've got sensi i've got streets of rage 2 i've got a sonic game i've got like you had what you had yep and if you went and showed 
yourself back then. It's like when you're this age or whatever, when you're an adult, you'll be able to have 50 games for this one platform. Yep. And you'll have multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. So you'll have 50 games for this, 30 for that, 25 for that, 60 for that. Yep. Like, I've got 600-odd games on Steam or whatever, which I guess don't count because they're digital, but, like, it's it's this weird... Yeah, it's the... Comp- not the competition, because you shouldn't care, but the comparison is, is maybe... You know, it feels like it's not a proper collection because you haven't gone... That's, well, I've got that's all the, the point. Yeah, I've got all the Atlas games, or I've got all the Capcom, or I've got all the, it's the complete PAL UK yeah. DS or Dreamcast or whatever. That feels like a collection, whereas when it's just like most of these are just games that I've played, I wanted, and I bought, and I just kept them. Yep. But it, the collective thing is the collection, I guess. But it's when you sort of separate it out, it doesn't feel as uh, I don't know, as meaningful, maybe. Well, on another slight tangent. Because of this fucking stupid Instagram thing that I'm on at the moment, like I'm starting to want series of games. Mm. So I realised that I had the entirety of the Star Fox collection. So that starts on what's that? It's originally Star Fox, then Lilac Wars. Yeah. There was one on the DS. There's two on the 3DS because there's a remake of Star Fox 64 on the 3DS, and there's a game called Star Fox Command. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And there's there's a couple on the Wii U. There's um, Star Fox Adventures on the Cube. I've got them all. So I posted this on my Instagram just as a series. And now I'm getting a little bit obsessed with doing that. See, I, I, I thought I had all the Touch Detective games because I've got Touch Detective 1 and 2. I've got Mystery <laughs> Detective that came out over here just because it's got a different name. Yep. There was that fungi puzzle game. And there's then Touch Detective 3 as well. There is Japanese it's... only. Yeah. And there's another little spin-off weird puzzle game as well. So, like, um, there was, again, just looking into it, there's just more than I thought. I thought I pretty much had it all. And once you look in, there's a weird Japanese exclusive here. I kind of want those now as well. I didn't buy Touch Detective 3 because it's Japanese only. I didn't either. Yeah, me too. Won't understand it. Yeah, so, like, certain games, yeah, you could could absolutely cope, but a puzzle game, probably not. As in a point-and-click style puzzle game. But, yeah, part of me does want that, just to put it on the shelf, in the same way I want Dragon Quest Monsters 3 that I'll never play, because I'm not going to dig out my old 3DS that can play region-free games. It's But I will buy Touch Detective 3, because yeah. um, I want it. But, yeah, you, playing its pointless, because half the charm is in the things that they say. Yeah, you know, which you're not going to get. No, it's quite toy, isn't it? And some of the conversations between her and the butler and stuff like that are quite funny. Yeah. They were great oh, games, weren't they? Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Great games. Yeah. We don't talk about them. That's the first... I'm amazed that's the first time they've come up on this podcast. I know we're only on episode three. Yeah, I know. But the 32X gets mentioned every single fucking month. <laughs> but Touch Detective was Danger Man and Ill Dog Darlings, though, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. What a game. Yeah. I've, I've got it on the phone, actually. It came out on the um, iPhone and other OSs, I guess. But yeah, it loses something. It's not... I don't know. I didn't like it as much. So what's next? First game that I got through the post was the original Burnout. I've got Burnout 2 on all the right. Cube, and I bought the original Burnout. I just feel like going back and playing it. Like, I found all the cables for my GameCube. I've got, like, four different... I've got four GameCubes. I've got a Platinum one. I've got the original Purple one that I bought fucking back in the day, like 2000 or whatever. Yeah. And somewhere along the line, I've managed to collect a black one and a white one. So I've got these four little building blocks... They're great. I love the GameCube. They're just stacked in the back of one of my cupboards. I put my jumpers in front of them for some reason. I regret... I don't regret hugely because it doesn't make a huge difference because they can still play the games. But mine was... uh, It was in storage in our basement 
you know, Ooh. the house I lived in. It sounds like a horror friends. story. Yeah, it was it was perfectly fine and safe, except that when he moved out, my housemate, a particular housemate, put all his stuff on top of it. But this stuff was full of he like did um, beer brewing and stuff, and so it was full of water and things. He just hadn't emptied it. He just moved them out of his way and just left them on top. And my Xbox, my uh, like OG Xbox, uh, my GameCube, and his Atari. He had an Atari oh, two thousand six hundred. Were in there, and it, this stuff just leaked all over it. And they might have still worked, but by the time we noticed it, it was like, I don't have time to repackage all this and t- dry it out and move it and then hope it works. I can play the Xbox games, I think, on the 360. I don't know if I can, all of them, but I wasn't that bothered. GameCube I can play on the Wii. The Atari's not mine. So, <laughs> just all, yeah, so it just went in the bin. But uh, um, I kind of I kind of regret that because I... I liked the GameCube. I don't know how many of those games I'd go back and play now, but um, yeah, it's a, it was a nice console. It is a nice console. Just yeah, like it. So I bought Burnout, and I, I intend to play that. I've got to find. I can't remember if I need a memory card just to save regularly. I think I do. Yeah, I think that was still in the age where you needed memory cards. Yeah, there's no hard drive on the on the GameCube. No, so I'm gonna have to buy a new memory card because I've got one, but it's full of my old saves. And I know it's full. And the other one I've got is like a Pokemon exclusive game card with all my Pokemon stuff on it. So I'm never putting that in again in case I accidentally delete something. <laughs> so I'm going to go back and play Burnout again, see where it all started, just have a little little bit of fun. Next game I've already got on, I think the Xbox 360. But again, it just it was closing soon and I won it for six quid. I think it was £6.50. It's Prince of Persia Two Thrones. Okay. That's part of the trilogy, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the one I haven't got. I think I got the first and the third. I never played the second, which was Two Thrones. I, yeah, think. I think. No, Warrior Within, Within was the second one, wasn't it? You got me thinking. Yeah. Again, one of these things I should have looked up beforehand, but no, I, I, I didn't. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, I think I think Warrior Within was the second, and it might be a case of like the prince splits off into two, and that, hence the Two Thrones. But oh, I okay. never played it. Yeah, that I makes think sense. I've got it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that's the third one. And they've yeah. all come out like HD collections as well. I've got those, never played them either. Prince of Persia video game series. God, there's a lot of them. Yeah, for some reason, I kind of want them on the Wii as well. I think that's going to be the next thing I'm going to go into, like just getting these random games on the Wii and the Wii U. Yeah, the Wii still feels like you can get, because I've picked up the odd thing, and it feels like the one of the consoles, weirdly, that has not, seen how popular it was, mm. hasn't got the weird cult following yet. No, uh, it, like it will do. It will yeah, do. Yeah, because GameCube games can be quite expensive. They can be. Like the more popular ones, like your Zeldas or you know, Star Foxes and stuff like that, they're all can fetch forty quid or whatever yeah. still. But you can still get quite a lot for under a tenner. So I've got Prince of Persia Two Thrones. I, yeah, I'm I'm kind of like I'm kind of like in the mood for a Prince. Of, these are big games though. That's a big game. That's like I don't know ten fifteen hours. I guess is that big? Not really. I suppose it feels like a big game to sit down and play on the GameCube anyway. Yeah, which feels like it's you're booting up for nostalgia as much as anything else. Yeah. But I don't know, sometimes you boot these things up just to have a little waz and you end up getting into it. So, you know, yeah, we'll see. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Then I bought Torok Evolution. Evolution, depending on where you come from. The scent of blood, it says on the back of the box, which is very ominous. Um, honestly, it looks shit, but... Yeah, well, you know, it's Torok, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember getting the original Torok for Christmas on the 64 
and it was the first game that was released at like 60 or 70 quid it was fucking expensive i remember that much so obviously it was a christmas game and i remember my mum being Duh, that's an expensive one are you sure that price is right and i'm like i'm sure all the shops have the price right mum yeah yeah um, and it, i'm sure it I want to say it came like a black cartridge or something like that. I might be tripping as well, but yeah, no, I think I think there was something about it, or it was textured or something. It was actually not a very good game. I remember getting quite lost because you had to do something weird and obscure. It wasn't just go forward, do this. Yeah, you sort of went in expecting Doom with dinosaurs or something like exactly that. Exactly that. It's it's not that. It's um, I guess like Exhumed is similar in that it's that an adventure game with first person shooting which is really common now obviously but at the time was maybe not done in the best way yeah true true now finally have you got any experience with the legacy of kane series yeah the original i remember that how that looked very sort of gray and um i watched someone play a good chunk of it as a kid but i never actually played it myself and then soul reaver is a a brilliant game just a brilliant game i've never played any of them i've got a, a feeling sam sam bob really likes Legacy of Kane games. Mm. I've got a feeling one of them's his favourite game of all time, but I'm not sure. Anyway, I bought um, Blood Omen 2 from the Legacy okay. of Kane series. Again, I thought this would go for a bit. I thought this would be expensive now. But um, I think this was the most expensive game. Like eight, eight pounds, I think I paid for it. And this might have been postage and packing as well. That's pretty good. I thought so. Yeah, so. Yeah. So is that PS1? Uh, this is GameCube as well. Oh, right. Came, oh, out, yeah. came out on the PlayStation 2, actually. Yeah, okay, so this is the follow-up to the, the original PS1 game, I yeah. think. Yeah, this came out in 2002. It's Crystal Dynamics. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It looks all right. I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. I'm just looking at the back of all these boxes, and we were talking about memory cards, and they tell you how many blocks it's going to use up. I like that. So, like, if I want to play Burnout, it's going to take 15 blocks of memory card. But if I play Turok, it's going to take one. So, you know, that's something. Woo! Prince of Persia is a hefty 20. Oof. I know. Yeah, I'm going to get me like a little rip-off memory card that will break after two weeks, but that's all I need it for. That's it. That's all I've bought. But it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a small amount. No, not at all. The only one I'd, I'd sort of be a bit sort of like, oh, I'm not approving of that. And I'm never going to not approve. We've established. Like, unless, as you said literally last, last month, Unless you can't afford to pay your rent or eat, you're going to approve. You're not doing anything wrong. It's true. The, un- the only one I'd sort of uh, be a bit sniffy about, I think, is Turok, because um, it's just not a, a series I-, I liked. No, that's fair. But also, it wasn't bought with the fact that it was Turok in mind. It was bought with the fact that it had 15 hours to go, and it was like fucking a fiver. Yeah, yeah. It's it's to pad out the collection a bit. Yeah. Aside from that, I thought, you know, the Summoner Night stuff is definitely interesting. Yeah. And that other game that I apparently already own. Um, <laughs> that you uh, told me to buy. Yeah. On tomorrow, Rummer. I'll um, I'll look into picking that up as well because yeah, I don't know what that um, I don't know what that is, but yeah, it breaks. I, it. It's like, when when I look at the name, it breaks it down into one, two, three, four, five easy syllables. On Tamarama. Yeah. So remember that. Say it back to me. Uh, ma. Nice. I've I've said I've got the Amazon page open. So. Uh, oh, were you looking at it when you said that then? No, oh. I was. I was well, kind of. I was looking at the uh, Google page that I also had open. Oh, okay. Doing the admin, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Look, good job, one of us is. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I had to listen back to last month's podcast to see what I where I'd left off with my purchases. Okay. Which again, not a good sign. It's, I had no idea where I got up to on the, the litany of purchases that I'd made. I, I think um, I'm not sure where I got to. I think you were talking about to the hunt or on the hunt or something that sort of um, metal slug uh, type game on the Saturn. I I don't I didn't buy that. Oh, you didn't buy I, it? I, no, I think I was bidding on it and didn't get it or something. But yeah, oh man. I, I wish, I wish. I might buy it over Christmas digitally, yeah. just so I can play it. Yeah, because it was like six quid or whatever. Yeah, but, I, you know, ideally I'll think... It, well, okay, let me put this in context as well. I signed up for this thing on PayPal, this competition, where if you spend £10 on PayPal, or using PayPal, you get entered into a prize draw, and you can win money back, you can win credit on PayPal. And I've won quite a bit. And, and not like thousands or anything like that. I just mean I've won often. Yeah, you keep you keep winning. Yeah, £25, £25, £25. So a lot of these purchases are based on the fact that it costs me nothing, effectively, even if it costs me... £10 you know, in the first place. It's like saying everything on Game Pass is free. Like, yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah. So in the hunt would have been that. There was one I was looking at where I thought I had like £75 in PayPal credit still, and I didn't. I had 45 No, I had 50 So Still... Which, yeah, ties into something that I did buy. But but yeah, if I'd have had £75, I'd have bought in the hunt. But when it's like, yeah, I could save £50 on it, it's still costing me 100 quid. Yeah. Then it's maybe not worth it. Mm. But, you know. Anyway, again, early DS game to start it off. I don't think I mentioned it last month, but apologies if I did. Touch Kirby or Canvas Curse oh, or yeah. Power Paintbrush, whichever. Uh, you may have. Yeah. I um I love this game and I haven't played it since back in the day. I never owned it. I uh, used someone else's copy, I think. And um, yeah, it's a great game. Great game. Have you actually been playing it this month as well? Uh, I did play a little bit of it to initially just to see if it worked, but then was going through the tutorial and then was like, I need to stop, otherwise I will just play this and not play any of the stuff that I said I was going to play. What was it like just playing it briefly with the stylus? Because I assume that's how you have to play it. Yeah, fine. Except the uh, the new 2DS XL stylus is like half size of oh. the thing you want. It's like yeah, holding it's a, a snapped crayon. Yeah, so it's a little like... I get that this is that console is probably designed for children. No, because the, the normal 2D... Whatever. The point being, as a, an adult man, that is a little small. But... Um, <laughs> It's, uh, you know, it is what it is. It yeah. seemed all right, though, and I, I managed to work out how to do stuff despite not reading Japanese. So Yeah, nice. I think it's I think it's playable. That's always a win. There's another one that I think I mentioned, but I didn't mention that I bought it, but I think I mentioned in passing that I've, I've ordered it. It's called Blazing Tornado on the Saturn, and it's a, it's a wrestling game. Makes sense with that sort of name. Even though it doesn't, it does. Yeah. It's the arcade version of... Have you heard of Fire Pro? Yeah, Fire Pro Wrestling. Yeah, Alex Navarro from Giant Bomb fame is a big fan of Fire Pro Wrestling. Yeah, so it's it's that sort of. I think it. I don't know if it's quite those assets, but I'm fairly sure it's tied to Fire Pro. It's my understanding of it from reading around. And I bought that, and I haven't played it a huge amount, but I did test it and went through the arcade mode, and it seems really fucking cool. It's it's like genuinely surprisingly good. Considering I just bought it as a. Well, I've never heard of this. It looks all right. I'll, you know, I'll take a gamble on it. It turns yeah. out it's it's great. So yeah, uh, cost me a tenner, Ooh. which is uh, the right sort of a price for a, a nonsense, um, a nonsense game. I think. Yeah, but I just love buying retro games like, that, especially on like consoles like the Saturn and stuff for that sort of price. That's that feels fantastico. 
and when it is a game that is good that you don't know, like because uh, yeah, so many of the games, yeah, because so many of the games now are like, I don't know, there's this one, oh, something bulk slash, is it bulk slash? There's a Saturn game anyway where if you watch Digital Foundry, I think they mention it every now and then, and it's this Saturn game, it's like an anime mech game, and you get directed around by. Uh, audio and I think GameSack talk about it a bit as well. Like so, it tell the the audio that the, your teammates are telling you where you need to go and what you need to attack and what you need to do. The problem being, if that's all in Japanese, you've got no chance. Uh, <laughs> so there's, there's a fan translation that's got recorded uh, vocals and stuff that you can get now. Right. Um, so I might download that and dig out my old Saturn and and make it so I can play that, but um, using the, the disc swap. Method. Yeah, original hardware, baby. Uh, yeah, I don't, that that is a game I would quite like. I forget why I brought this up, but oh yeah, because that's really expensive. So it's a game I didn't know about until lockdown, and it's really expensive. It turns out, and that's always a bit disheartening when you see the obscure game videos. It's like, oh, these great games you never heard of. You know, oh, cool, well, that does look interesting. I'll try it. Oh, it's four hundred quid. Qu- yeah, it's yeah. like I'm not going to try that. That's why it's obscure because no one can afford it. Speaking of uh, just interjecting, speaking of. Um... Wrestling games have turned out to be awesome. I know you you weren't massively into the SNES, but do you, did you ever play? We knew it as Muscle Bomber, but um, over here it was called Saturday Night Slam Masters. I think Saturday Night Slam Masters is that a Capcom? Yes. Yeah, I think I played the arcade mode. Yeah, the arcade version. The arcade uh, version had um, uh, Tetsuo from Fist of the North Star in it. No, uh, character designed by Tetsuo. Hara, who drew Fist of the North Star stuff. Yeah, so I was like, I thought you might know about that being a bit of a Fist of the North Star. No, but yeah, I'm looking at the Dude. cover now, and that cover is fucking great. The Japanese cover. Yeah, so good. The proper Fist of the North, North Star cover, yeah. yeah. So good. But yeah, that was a that was just a random game that a mate of mine bought just because we liked wrestling games at the time, and it turned out to be fucking excellent. We used to smoke weed and play that. <laughs> <laughs> good times. Yeah. Uh, see, I don't I have got a SNES, but um, it's at my parents. I don't know what sort of condition it's in. And I feel like that is a whole... Because SNES games are expensive. Mm, more yeah. than Mega Drive games, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's one to pick up digitally or something one day. Although you can't scoff at some of the fucking prices of Mega Drive games. I really want Castlevania. Ah, oh, man. Bloodlines. Yeah, it was called like the new generation over here, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want... Well, to be honest with you, I'd like both the Japanese box for Castlevania Bloodlines is outstanding difficult as well it's one of the harder Castlevania games it is I got really into it though when the Castlevania anniversary collection came out I played quite a few hours of that I was getting half decent at it Mm. I'd I'd like to try and get through it because it's again another game I'd like to try and speed run at some point but yeah it's very tough I think I had it as a kid because I definitely played it a lot and um, yeah I'm sure I had it because I liked Castlevania and all that and yeah yeah. One of the ones that got away. Yeah, I told that story about my auntie having all those games and that, and now they've gone. Well, yep. You know. Bitch. Ah, well. Ah, well. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I recommend if you ever get the chance, Blazing Tornado is, is a cool little game. I oh, yeah. It. You mentioned that 20 minutes ago. Yeah. The next game, I have mentioned on various things the developer of this a lot. I'm a huge fan of this developer. He unfortunately passed away a few years ago. Kenji Eno. And he made. Um, we made D2, which is one of my favourite games. Enemy Zero, which is terrifying. He just did some batshit stuff. Like, genuinely odd bloke, but really, really talented. Most famous, probably, for the um, the original D, 
which came out on the PS1 and the Saturn. Okay. And I think it's not... I don't think it's cheap anywhere, but I think on the PS1 it is um, a cheaper game. I think it probably looks better on the PS1, to be honest. I think that handled video better. And it's a lot of FMV. Sure. If you never played it, it's a, an FMV game, essentially, but CG FMV. Yeah, I picked that up. Um, a game that is fairly short, so I was never that bothered about owning it, but I rented it a couple of times. And Sorry, what was this on? Uh, this is the Saturn. I've got the Saturn version. Okay, yeah, it came out on Saturn and PlayStation. We're just having a butcher's edit now. Yeah. I like the cover. Yeah, it's it's a really cool game. You're, um, like I say, it's, it's fairly short. It your um your father is this like head surgeon or something like top rated doctor in the country. He loses his mind and starts murdering people in this hospital. And for whatever reason, the police have said like, "Yeah, you go in and speak to him." So you, as his daughter, <laughs> I love go in. Yeah, you can talk it down. You're allowed to go in, and you have to go and explore. It doesn't look much like a hospital when you get in there, to be honest. But yeah, I'm sure it's like suits of armor and stuff. You know, you know how hospitals are. Yeah, yeah. It's a really sort of it's a memorable game. It's uh, it's maybe not the world's greatest game. And absolutely fuck all to do with D2. Like <laughs> D2 is nothing to it. But he used this same character, Laura, that you play with, and a couple of other characters. He liked this idea of a virtual cast, and he just keep putting them in different games. So I characters like from yeah, characters from D were in Enemy Zero. That's like, have you ever seen um, American Horror Story? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So he, he wanted to do that. So they're in, you play as Laura in D... Enemy Zero and D2. Uh, there's a couple of other characters who pop up in all of them as well, uh, which is a nice idea, but um, yeah, nothing like the other games. Either. Well, pretty similar to Enemy Zero, actually. Anyway, yeah, so that was more expensive. Though. That was 34 quid, but that was with the PayPal, um, sort of £25 knocked off. Oh, okay, so you basically had to buy it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Seemed like my chance to get it. Yeah. A much cheaper game. But it comes in a cool box. And Ooh, I already approve. I've, yeah, we've I've established. You know, we've established already in this. If it comes in a cool box, doesn't matter what it costs. No. And if it's expensive, it doesn't yeah. matter. It gets automatically pre-approved. Yeah, yeah. I spent four hundred pound on Turok. Like I'm, I was sniffy <laughs> at Turok, but if you've gone, yeah, it's actually yeah. Uh, I mean, you can get it for about twenty five quid, but I spent one hundred and fifty quid on it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, wow, yeah. Well, you've done well. You've done well. <laughs> Uh, Electroplankton. I put the Japanese version of Electroplankton. All right. Now, I'm interested in how much you'd pay for that. I mean, I have this cool box. Did it come with headphones? It did. Yeah. I haven't tested the headphones because they're second-hand headphones. Ooh. So, yeah, I don't want to test them. It's like, so, they may as well come with socks. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, I've cool, I've got them. Yeah. They're never getting used. No. They're staying in the box. But yeah, I... I did, at some point, I might dig that out and try and make a theme tune rather than steal a theme tune for the podcast. Yeah. Or something. Well, on electroplankton. Uh, yeah. Oh, sweet. Then I'll have a go at that as well. Yeah. This is, yeah, we could do, um, if we're just stealing podcast ideas, Adam and Joe used to do Song Wars, where they'd both write a song in the week and then people would vote on which song was better. That's a good idea. Yeah. So, uh, you, you you're more musically inclined than I. Yeah, but you're more hip hop inclined, <laughs> and so you would be better with this, I think. Uh, I think I think maybe we should do a middle ground, whereas <laughs> you write the music and I might write words to it or something like. Yeah, do a rap yeah. To it. <laughs> um, I need. I actually need to bring up the theme tune in a bit. Okay. Remind me when we get to the end. Yeah. Um, but hey, if you like the theme tune and you listen to this, hey, li- keep stay listening till the end because. Uh, Boy, has Ben got a treat for you. Yeah, 
I, I have potentially. I have wow, that was just a guess, but yeah, it's because because yeah. we're like you know copacetic, so good. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna switch from an eBay. I'm just scrolling up my eBay purchases, but um, I think before I bought this, I bought um, Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoner Soul Hackers oh, on the 3DS. Yeah, that's that sealed. wasn't cheap. Um, I got it from Base, I think. And they've got some 3DS games still, and they're not cheap. They're like 35, 40 quid. And yeah, so this again was some of that PayPal credit took the edge off this and um yeah it's i've said it on the forum but the case is worryingly light okay like but it's sealed so it could be completely empty <laughs> you'll like, never know yeah it's like well I've, it's one of the two i either open it and go hey oh or ideally oh right that's got the case in but then be like, why have i opened it of course it's got the fucking game in there it's now I, now i've ruined it yeah but i i don't i'm not desperate to keep stuff sealed in theory, but at the same time, taking the cover off just to go, oh, I've took the cover off, is is maybe a bit stupid still. But yeah. I, again, I think I've played that digitally. Um, I think I had to review it in the day, and I remember being bad on it, to be honest. It's okay. a difficult strategy game, but I also think I might have the Saturn version of it. Fucking course you have. But yeah, I like Shimagami. Your Saturn collection must be half decent. Yeah, it's still missing some stuff from back in the day where... Like Panzer Dragoon Saga, and uh, I don't have Radiant Silver Gun anymore. Ooh. Um, I'd like Elevator Action Returns if I could get that, but again, it's expensive. I don't think I know that. Elevator Action is the original. is is kind of a single screen, more or less, game. You know, like a I don't know, like a Pac Man or something like that. Sure. And you just have to get from the top of the building to the bottom using these elevators or lifts. Lift action doesn't sound as as good. I guess. It's true. Um. And you're, I think you're a spy or something, and people shoot at you, and they open doors, and you can hide behind doors and, and stuff. Uh, a bit like Bonanza Brothers, I guess. Oh, yeah. I used to like that cover. Yeah. And, yeah, so you, it's it's just getting top to the bottom. It's it's good. El- the original Elevator Action is a good, good little arcade game. Elevator Action 2 becomes a bit more involved. Like, you can go sideways on it across the rooms. or across Sideways? The, like, it scrolls across. It's a bit more of an action game. But it's brilliant. It's really, really good. Um, I think it's Taito that made it. Taito. And, and yeah, it has that sort of Konami Taito sort of arcade feel to it. It's a brilliant game, but an expensive, expensive game. So um, one day. But I've got it on the Taito collection on the PS2. So Nice. If I ever want to play it, which I do always. <laughs> but despite that, I haven't played it. But yeah, I might I might have to... I set my PS2 up the other week, so or the other day. So I might... Um, I have to just set all that up and, and play it or something. Did you set your PlayStation 2 up so you could practice capturing from it or something? Yeah, I was testing a box, a, a capture box thing, Scott to HDMI my thing. That I've now returned because I've got a better one. Oh, nice. But, uh, if, hey, you want to... Nope. Um, you want to look at that nope. video? <laughs> okay. So the next game, another 3DS game, uh, another RPG, not sealed this time, but another expensive one. This one was 50 quid. Fucking, you're a cunt. You're making me want all these games. Seventh Dragon 3 Code VFD. I have this already. Is this Sega? Yes, Sega mm-hmm. RPG. Apparently, it's a really old series. There was like a, a NES version of um, Seventh Dragon. Oh, okay. I, um, yeah, I have this. I saw that. And my eye was like, ooh, that's going to be worth a bit more going forward. And I think yeah. I bought it for like 30 quid when it first came out. Yeah, I, I remember playing the demo and 
I, I think I had to choose between that and maybe like Persona Q or something like that. I think yeah. a couple of games came out at the same sort of time, and it I didn't it, the demo didn't really click with me. No, I've started it and I didn't like it. Yeah, so I'm going to give it another chance, but it's it's down the pecking order a little bit. And then the last one I'll mention because the others, no, no, I am going to mention another one after this because I promised Ed there was one that I said I'd mention to Ed, but it's not turned up yet. But prior to that, I got some posts this morning, Neil. Ooh. Unfortunately, not like live on podcast, which is ideal. No, but just stuff that arrived this morning. Yeah. Um, Dragon Quest Trilogy. Oh, nice on the Switch. Yeah. So um, and we've talked about this. I, I like the Dragon Quest games. I've played through one, four, five, six. Never started seven, didn't finish it. Started two, but didn't finish it. It's just because I wanted them. I wanted it physically. I think yeah. I would have to pick up 11, uh, which I've got on Steam. So I might try and buy a cheap copy on either the PS4 or Switch, just to uh, just to have it, so I've got all the, the mainline ones that I can reasonably get. Completely understand that. Yeah, probably not worth getting 10, but I guess maybe if it's really cheap. Of course it's worth getting. That was £45. That was Ooh. the last... Um, no, it wasn't the last. Maybe it was. I don't know. That was definitely with PayPal money. Right. Um, oh, yeah, that put these the same day. Yeah, so this was... I had 70... No, I had 50 quid. This was 45. So I used that extra £5... <laughs> Five pounds saving to buy Last Window, the Secret of Cape West. Nice. Which I have. Do you know what this is? Yes, because that isn't that. Is this a follow up to a game, or is this um, yes a game follows this up? And yeah, it was another DS game. Yeah, Hotel Dusk. Hotel Dusk. That was another forum darling back in the day. Yeah, it's a brilliant game. Yeah, um, I never played it. I've got. I do have both of those. Yeah, I I loved it. Hotel Dusk is is well worth playing still. I think. I've, I bought it over lockdown because it's one of those that I sort of got rid of because I was like, oh, I've finished it, I don't need to play it again. Picked it up again um, and then started looking into this one and it's it's expensive. But I actually got it for a reasonable price and with £5 knocked off. So I paid 39 quid, but with a fiver knocked off. I mean, that's what they go for these days. You know, yeah. If you want it, you've got to pay that sort of price. Yeah. So £34, you know, it's not too bad. No, not at all. Not at all. That's, uh, you've, you've spent some money this month. Yeah, well, like I said, you can knock off the better part of 100 quid off all those totals. I Which is about two games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm just like, the next two, what? Dragon Quest was about 50. Seventh Dragon was 50. Um, that's it. Oh, well, you know, I, I'll do what I want. How about that? <laughs> Unarguable. Um, I actually forgot a couple. Go on. Just, just quickly, um, I don't even know... How I fell down the... Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I didn't mention this last month, I'm sure. Last month, I mentioned the fact that I bought Golden Axe on the Master mm-hmm. System, right? Mm-hmm. And I bought just a little pack of games. And they were it was dirt cheap. Somebody was just... You know, you were saying about the Saturn and uh, some guy was sending, like, Saturn games times three. And yeah, they were for, like, yeah. 150 quid, but each game was worth, like, about the same anyway. Well, yeah, this dude was just selling a pack of four games. I think I think it cost me 25 quid, and it came with Penguin Land. This is all on the Sega Master System. Penguin Land, Columns, Fantasy Zone, and Sonic 2, which I didn't have. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I've got a nice four little pack of uh, Master System games from some fucking sucker. And, um, yeah, I bought some Switch games. I've got one called Cupid Parasite. Which is like a like a dating sim sort of game, yeah. Um, but they're from a very specific publisher, 
and I can't remember what they it's called now, like Otadame or something like that. Um, it's published by Idea Factory, made by Otadame. Sorry, um, and it's just it's just this little collection of games that seems to be going up in price. There's there's about five or six of them. Um, yeah, you should look them up at some point. And I bought the Pokemon double pack. I bought Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl as well. Oh yeah, cool. Well, that double pack that's now going for like 130, 140 quid because I I didn't pre-order it. Yeah. You always seem to buy the double packs, don't you? Yeah, I again, I buy them for collection purposes, but some dude was selling them for like 94 quid, so I just whacked it on my credit card. Mm. Yeah, £6 cheaper than retail. Don't get it. <laughs> no. So I was like, fuck it, bought it. Yeah, and that was it. That's that's caught up. But yeah, that Cupid Parasite, dude, you need to look up like Otadame or some such shit. I follow somebody who's like massively into it on Instagram, and they like as soon as I post that, I'm like, oh, do you play that? Do you play that? I was like person who whoever you are like i've literally just bought it for the collection like calm down and never talk to me again <laughs> i'll I've quite, look i've we've demonstrated already that i'm quite easily led into into buying things it doesn't take much just you should buy that yeah right <laughs> it's called yeah the Ot- otome uh, o-t-o-m-e otome let's call him otome well i had homework like my my this month's play was just supposed to be Professor Layton and oh, yeah, yeah. Golden Axe Warrior and I fell off them both. I never even played Golden Axe Warrior again because like it felt like the game crashed and I just couldn't be asked to go through it again. I'm not going to play it. Yeah, that's fair. Enough. I just don't want to. And I did start Professor Layton, but I don't like it. Yeah, I was wondering. Well, I was going to ask you to sort of elaborate on it because people obviously, I assume, a lot of people will know what Professor Layton was. It was popular, but it it was. Just brain teasers, right? It was yeah, puzzles. It's, just, it's just puzzles. It's just puzzles, but it goes beyond the puzzles of what I don't like about it. I don't like the setting. Like yeah. it feels Victorian and shitty, and I fucking can't stand the boy. I can't stand his voice. I think his name yeah. is Luke. I want to say it's yeah. Luke. Yeah. I didn't like the music. It's eerie and weird, and it was putting me in a weird mood, especially where there's not been a lot of sunshine lately. It's between grey skies and barren trees, and then this fucking spooky music coming out of my 3ds as well i had to mute it and i suppose most importantly i don't really like the puzzles like i like puzzles i'm just loving konami puzzle collection at the moment and i like a nice word puzzle and stuff like that but like some of these were like trick questions like you're able to read the something about candles how many candles we have left after they all burn out or something like that and yeah i was like oh fuck off i just can't be bollocks with shit like this like it, it is stuff like it's literally the uh two train one train leaves the station at eleven fifteen, going 55 miles an hour the other one leaves at, it's that so at what point do they cross yeah yeah it, Do these sound like maths exam questions yeah i've it, got no time for that yeah which is weird because um did you ever play 999 I uh, started it. I've I've got that. That's the same DS. thing. I fucking love that game, but it's because it's mental. Like it's this really really good story, whereas it is just literally maths questions. Uh, okay. Again, but... I, it depends on the questions. Some of these puzzles were okay. There was mm. one about uh, you had to using moving just two matchsticks. It was telling the story of a dog. Yeah. I think yeah. I think you mentioned this to me over text. Did you solve the matchstick one? And I did. I was like straight away. I was like. Because it, it gives you some sort of clue, like it's it's visual. Maybe think about looking at it from a different perspective. So I was like, okay, top down, dog got squished. All right, yeah, move these two, and it looks like he's been run over and his legs are splayed out. I was like, that's a bit fucking mean, but it was the answer. 
I'm trying to think of one. I was going to go back and play it, but I just, I d- I'm never putting that in my DS again. And I own six of them now, and I'm not going to play any of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was going to join you on it. I was thinking, well, I'll, I'll see which one it is that he's playing, and I'll because I bought one the other month that is, I think it's the 3DS one with the purple cover. I think. Yeah. Or maybe it was a DS one. I can't remember which one it is. But I bought one of them, and I was like, well, I'll play it. And, yeah, then I, I sort of brought it up to you, like, oh, how are you getting on with later? And you said, like, I fucking hate it. I've not, <laughs> not played it. It's terrible. Like, oh, okay. I guess I don't have to play it then. I'm, I'm just going to say then it's not for me, because people love it. It's yeah, I can get that, though. I, I, I didn't stick with the series. I played the first one, enjoyed it, and then had no intention of playing any of the others, even though I... I had you know, I enjoy. I I think it's a good game, but maybe I don't need a regular Professor Layton experience in my life. No, I don't need a regular one, and I certainly don't need a massive bumper slot of them either. So yeah, yeah. and there's so many puzzles. Like some of them have got to be shit. There's yeah. there is a ton, and you get punished for getting it wrong as well. Like um, if you're close and then you don't get as many coins, and I don't like that. I don't like being punished for being wrong. No, no, I could definitely. Definitely see that. Okay, but, but anyway, that was Professor Layton and Golden Axe Warrior, or whatever it was. Oh no, Golden Axe Beast Riders. Uh, I just I can't be bothered to load that up and play it again. I'm not done with that though. There's something within me that wants me to go back and play it. I do kind of like these old quirky 360 titles. There was a, mm. they were random as fuck, and I think I might want to go back and play that sometime. But yeah, set aside an afternoon and just ex- like okay, two three hours on it, and exactly. I've still been playing um, Gainug because that came out on the Switch. I think I mentioned that yeah. last time. So I, I still can't complete it. I can't get past the last level. I refuse to do a save state midway through. I've got a save right at the beginning. Um, and I hadn't long died either, so like, I've lost all my powers. But it doesn't take long to rebuild it on this last level. But yeah, my problem is still like light-coloured bullets on a light-coloured background just makes for some heavy dodging. Mm. Anyway, I've gone over that. I've mostly been playing Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite. I don't feel like anybody can really say a great deal about Forza Horizon 5. I mentioned it last week. It's still just good fun bezing around. Although I'm nearing I'm nearing being done. Normally I put in double the time, but I've just played five of these now. And even though this one is the best one by far, like I don't feel the need to do absolutely everything like I used to. Mm. But I did want to call out all the pussies on the forum who whinge and moan about the drift events. Right, they're fucking easy. Like, I just don't understand the problem. You just get a nice drift car, you swing your ass out, and on the straights you constantly do, like, you know, snaking like in Mario Kart, back and forth, back and forth. And these are easier as well. These these drift events are the easiest they've ever been. The scores are down. Obviously, like, other pussies have been moaning about it. So they've, they've <laughs> lowered the... The past the three star score, piece of piss, mate. Piece of fucking piss. I remember Outrun Coast to Coast or Outrun Two what game? had that right. What a game! Yeah, that had the drift thing, didn't it? Yep, yeah, with the hearts. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. I did struggle with some of them as well, to be fair. Yeah, in What's some a- games they're probably hard, but like, uh, and in previous versions, I will give you that they've been hard, but I've never not three starred all of them. Mm. Um, the other one that leapt to mind then was. Uh, one of the Sonic Racing games, I think it transformed or something. I seem to remember being just fucking nails at one point because you had to do loads of them. I just can't differentiate. I think there's only even two. 
and I just can't differentiate the names. One's one's transformed and one's all star racing, I think. Yeah. They're both rock solid. Yeah. And then there's that team racing as well. Oh, uh, there's three of them, is there? Yeah, there's there's one that came out like last year. Or something. Yeah, that was good. I got that for my birthday last year. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I started it and then didn't get anywhere on it. I think I've got the PC version. It's really fucking hard again. Mm. Playing it on on advanced difficulty, the there's always somebody one or two races. You know, you get this in racing games every now and again, where like because they don't get caught up in any of the tangles, they seem to be able to pull away. But then they mm. get so far away. Even if you're racing at your best, you just can't catch them up. And Sonic does that every race on hard yeah I don't really know what you're supposed to do yeah because if you'd go a character that has better handling than if you're trying to catch him up you know if you're up with him you can take him on a corner we can't get into fucking <laughs> let's move on let's move on what else have you been playing <laughs> uh, I've been playing Halo Infinite mostly okay did um, you finish the campaign I'm I've been taking my time so I um, I think I'm about 20 something hours into it but like my time will include the three or four hours I've played of multiplayer. So let's say mm. I'm 15 hours into it. But I've been doing as many of the little side events as I can. Because obviously there are there are linear levels in this. There's You know, you, you go in and you do a bit of the story levels and they tend to be a bit more A to B. But mostly it's you exploring an open world and going and taking down enemy-occupied bases or looking for Molnir cases or Spartan cores, which you can use to upgrade your equipment. Um, the addition of the grappling hook just changes the way that the Master Chief runs around the level. I just absolutely love it, to be honest with you. A, I'm a Halo fan anyway, but this is by far my favourite Halo game at the moment. Just just the yeah. Bungie of... Not Bungie, was it 343? They've... Given a go at something different, they've changed the formula up a bit, and I just think they've nailed it. I'm having a great time. Have you played any of it? Uh, I've played some of the multiplayer, which I know scoped Whoa. someone. You, you as a leap. Yeah. One, and then, one three three seven, you Yeah, and then it, it popped up with a thing mm. saying no scope or something. And I was like, right, well, I'm never going <laughs> to play this again, because I'm not going to not gonna beat that. Yeah, I probably jumped down a hole right after it or something. That was probably how I died. But yeah, I, I with the multiplayer playing that, I didn't it's a bit of a weird criticism because it's Halo and Halo is quite old at this point. And so saying, oh, I didn't really see why it stood out. is like, well, because it was the one that did this originally. It's everything else you've played is the one that copied Halo. Makes sense. It's not entirely true, but it's, you know, to an extent. Um, but yeah, nothing about it sort of like, oh, I see why this in particular is why people were waiting and this is what people were after. It just sort of felt like a run-of-the-mill, like a decent, but a run-of-the-mill multiplayer shooter game to me. Yeah. Um, which is not a criticism of it. Like I say, it's purely because a lot of people have ripped it off. I was going to say, it's also it's quite a basic, apart from the jumps and I guess one or two of the weapons, it's not a very gimmicky thing, Halo. In So it reminded me of Quake 3 or something like that. Quake 3, that kind of old, it's just a deathmatch or it's capture yeah, the flag yeah. or it's something. There's no weird element to this there's no quirk there's no like and so yeah i guess that might be why it feels just fairly plain to me is because it is plain yeah no absolutely i you're 100 right it is basically it's it's multiplayer by numbers but i think when they do it this good it doesn't need to be anything else yeah i think it's it's one of the best pure 
just FPS versus shooters out there. But I do recommend the campaign. The campaign just takes it up a different level. It's just it's not like another Halo game. Yeah. Whilst being like other Halo games, if you know what I mean. I I've played the campaign for most of them. I didn't I really didn't like Halo One. I was trying to play it with a mate and didn't didn't really like it. But um, I think I played with Spatula or Mark. I think I played. I'm sure we played three, four. I think we definitely did ODST, which I really like. That's my favorite Halo, and maybe mine Reach. too. Yeah, ODST and Reach. ODST being favorite, and then Reach. Yeah, it's very peculiar game. ODST, very quiet for a shooter. Yeah, beautiful soundtrack too. Yeah, um, I, can't, I don't think we played five. Like with the campaign, I, I floated the idea with Spatcher. I said, look, when they do the um, the co-op campaign. When they put that out, I'll uh, I'll get Game Pass and we'll play through it together. Ooh! And he went, "Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, okay, I guess if you want." Said, oh, right, okay. <laughs> I'll take the hint. So yeah, uh, yeah. This is me trying to do something nice for you, you cunt. No, I think he he doesn't like me mentioning Halo nah. and Destiny because fuck I'm, him, he's dead to me now. I was actually going to say. I preferred the Halo, uh, the Destiny multiplayer. My memories of Destiny multiplayer. I preferred that. I think. Yeah, I loved multiplayer Destiny. It was mm. awesome. But I was going to say earlier, like I was going to interject and just say, like you reviewing or talking positively about Halo seems like me reviewing a fresh plate of fruit and vegetables. Like it's just, I'm not interested in it. Like, I haven't liked them in the past. I'm not going to like them now. Yeah. So like, yeah, it just seems. Just, it's it's not doesn't seem a game for Ben. No, but I'll give the I don't hate the campaigns, but it's usually because I'm playing with a mate and you know, but it's, it's sort of just going through it and just like yeah, we got through the end. Yeah, it was all right that. Yeah, I've I've really been enjoying it. Like I'm not I'm not one to go into depth as to hows and whys and what it is and isn't doing. I can't be bothered with all that. Yeah, um, I'm I'm very much enjoying it. It's it's the same formula. I'm getting guns. I'm going into cover. I'm fucking popping this dude, grinning this motherfucker, grappling over here, getting out of someone's way, like hitting somebody from the back stealing somebody's vehicle running 20 people over with it before it gets blown up and then i die shout and then do it all again um well i'm playing it on heroic and i will say it's fucking hard yeah i've died a lot and um the enemy ai have got this level of accuracy that i've never encountered in halo before like they can see you from anywhere and hit you from anywhere like there's these brutes with um they fire these big sort of red orbs at you and they just explode like in a pattern all around you and they are just pinpoint accuracy from miles away and because it's difficult they're bullet sponges which is actually something i hate especially if i'm whacking off a couple of good headshots or just whacking off but like today i was firing at this brute and they they wear helmets and you know that they're about to die because their helmet pings off so their head's exposed and like they were taking two or three headshots like with um like a little laser uh, sniper rifle and i'm just not down for that like if i hit somebody in the head with a and it's a good shot from a mile away i expect them to die i don't like them taking three or four shots in the head when it only took one to knock their helmet off it seems stupid yeah i am so it's why i've been a bit for all the positive talk about that guardians of the galaxy game Anytime I see it being played, the combat looks so slow and monotonous and just bullet spongy and slowly chipping away at enemies to knock the shield down to then be able to weaken, the, like to hit the health directly and things like that. It just looks a bit... Uh, uh, one more thing I will say about Infinite is, um, have you heard it's got boss fights in it? Like, 
I know it's had boss fights in the past, but like there's several in here. There's like there's ones that just appear. Either they're sent after you, or there's like um like a legendary enemy that's holding down uh an area of the map, and you have to go and take out his cohorts and take out him. Mm. And he's it, and then afterwards you get some sort of like specialized weapon, uh like the shotgun, but it you know fires quicker and is more powerful and it takes more ammo and. Can you keep it, or is it? Yeah, you no, can only you, hold two, can't you? No, you can keep it. So uh, you unlock these little things called fobs, and uh, once you've cleared them of enemies, you can fast travel to these fobs, and these fobs are just like little platforms, and they have um, like a little control panel for you to bring in any vehicle you like, and they've got these other little like side panels that you can um, summon any weapon you want. Yeah. So it's like any of the ones that are available to you from the start, and then any ones you've unlocked by killing these bosses. But some of these bosses are fucking hard. Although I have found a little cheat for them. All you got to do is go to one of these fobs, get yourself a warthog. There's always marines at these fobs, so like one will get in the side, one will get on the turret on the back, and if you just bez around with those fuckers, like yeah, you do your driving, take down all the enemies, do circles around the bosses, you seem to be able to wipe them out. And then when their shields gone, you just fucking go at them with the the vehicle. Get a splatter. Job done, son. I've got a couple of questions about the grappling hook. No. I'm going to ask anyway. Okay. Have you found... Because obviously the multiplayer came out first, and I don't remember seeing lots of people using the grappling hook. Uh-huh. Have you found that you've took... Now you've had time to practice with it in the single-player campaign, you kind of need to use it at points. Have you found that you've took that into the multiplayer? Okay, since the campaign came out, I haven't played multiplayer at all. Okay. But funny enough, when I was driving home from work this morning... I was thinking about that instead of concentrating on the road. I was thinking about how I would be so much better at multiplayer, but I'm pretty sure you have to go and unlock the grapple like there are little points where like it's a drop. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you can get the super shield or whatever it's called. Yeah, like little drop shield and yeah, yeah there's, there's a boost as well, which it was fairly prominent in 5. I think that was your standard thing. You had this boost. But like in this game, after the grappling hook, it seems superfluous. Like, I don't need to ever use that boost. That boost is small, and it's on a timer. Where the grappling hook's also on a timer, but it can do so much more. I've I've fully upgraded my grappling hook now, and it's at the point where I can use it, get to where I'm going, and then it's almost ready to use again. So it's almost constant. So yeah. this boost seems just absolutely pointless to me at the moment. The other question you won't know this yet, but well, why ask me then? I just to speculate, I guess. Okay. When I've seen the grappling hook used in the more open world areas. You yep. can obviously get over barriers and walls quite quick. So if you're taking down a base, for mm-hmm. example, it struck me that maybe that's why the campaign, is, uh, sorry, the co-op has been left out for now, is you can cover so much ground quite quickly that you could get separated very, very easily and be like the, through the other side of the wall with no idea where your mate's gone. Do you think that will happen? Having played through the campaign, are there points where you feel like, oh, maybe this isn't as structured for co-op as previous games were? I can see that. But also, if you're going to play co-op, the whole point is to try and sort of stick together. Mm. It's a choice, really. As opposed to just, what's the point in playing together if one of you is just going to fuck off onto the other side of the map or get left behind? Well, you know, it happens, doesn't it? It does depend on who you're playing with. I'm, that's not meant as any sort of commentary on the people I've played co-op with. It, just, it sounded like it. It just does happen. It does happen, yeah, absolutely. But um, I think that could happen more if you're playing with like randoms. But I yeah, think if you're playing yeah. with a mate, then you're going to try and try and stick together. But yeah, obviously the possibilities there. 
Yeah, I guess that's probably where my uh, my thinking's gone is the the Apex Legends. Oh yeah, like that is one where you could be all together, and next thing you know, you turn around and someone's slid down a, a mountain to come investigate a different town. Okay, and that's assuming they even stuck with you from the start and didn't just decide to. Oh, I'm going to go on the dropship. You know, okay, cool. Well, we're all landing over here, and now you're pinging us because you're fucking dead because you landed on the dropship on your own like a fucking idiot. <laughs> anyway. I've still never played an Apex match. It's, it's great. Apex Legends is really good. Mm, I've heard. I mean, some call it the Halo killer. <laughs> anyway, you you played anything else? Not of... I've, I've played a very small amount of a game called XO1, which is a very odd game. You, you're on alien terrain. It drops you on Jupiter, for example, or one of its moons or something, and you're just this ball that can it rolls across the floor but if you hold down uh the r trigger you'll go faster if you hold down the l trigger you'll go slower um and you can just you it's about traversing off hills and using uh physics and gravity okay to get from point a to point b as quick as possible so you're basically just this ball that can sort of like morph and you can glide in the air and do a double jump and you're just trying to get from point a to point b over rolling hills and using um, air currents to, to get you there as quick as possible. I heard it mentioned on Next Lander podcast, um, so I thought I'd give it a go because, again, it was Game Pass and only cost me my subscription to download it, so I gave that a little go. Otherwise, just bits and bobs. I'm always playing bits and bobs. Bit here, bit there. Something fun, something not fun. It's the life of a gamer. Yeah, I tend to... Son. I, I tend to focus more on a particular thing, which is not good for this podcast. I have to deliberately not do that and set aside time for you know oh yeah i need to get this played as well otherwise sure. i'm just talking about this one thing well do you, do you want me to ask you what you've been playing sure what have you been playing danger <laughs> um i shouldn't have laughed while you were saying that oh well <laughs> uh, i'll tell you I, I mentioned it last week so i won't dwell on it but um when i put uh, i put castlevania lords of shadow mirror of fate in the 2ds that i bought to oh, yeah. test it and then played a little bit of it because I, I like that game, mm. and I ended up just playing through it and finishing it. Um, and that's that's what, the second time. Yes, yeah. So the only sort of thoughts I have on it really that I could add over what we've probably said in the past is playing it. It's very obvious when you don't have the three D on because you don't on a two DS that how much of it is shaped with the idea that you've got the 3D on. It is a showcase for the 3D of the 3DS. Oh, wow. Uh, characters moving in the background and uh, like coming into the foreground sometimes or to the the plane you're on. It uses it a lot, different camera angles, therefore sort of how they will look in 3D. And it just is, it becomes, a, it's that thing of, I don't know, like Jaws 3 or something like that, or where it's like someone handing the camera something, you know, okay, take a look at this. In a way that just wouldn't happen in a non three D film. Yeah, got you. So yeah, it's got that sort of stuff to it. But I, I remember saying, or I've, I've always since I played it, my memory of it is that it starts off a little slow and then gets better and better and better as it goes through. Okay. However, playing it, what I've realised is it starts off a little slow, and then the end of the first chapter is really good. Chapter two is really good. Chapter three is pretty poor, and so it actually ends. You know, the last character you play as is is not great. Just isn't that much fun. There's lots of uh, the level design just takes a plunge. It's um, it reminds me a bit of the uh, water labyrinth stages from Sonic. Yeah, I'm with you. 
Yeah. yeah, there's there's stuff like that in there that it just is. It doesn't end as well as it could have done, but at that point, you put that much time in that you you know. But I I still like it. It might well be, I don't know, Mercury Steam. It's it's probably their worst of the handheld games. I, well, I say probably it is because it's worse than Metroid and it's worse. Well, it's worse than both. Worse than both the Metroids that they did. Whether or not it's worse than both the Lords of Shadow games, the console ones, maybe. I think I think, um, what's this one called? Mirror Fate. Yeah, I think it is the worst out of the rebooted franchise. Yeah. Yeah, the stuff I had issues with the Lords of Shadow two, and Lord of Shadow one was good, sort of despite itself. Mm. But yeah, they're both good if they you don't consider them Castlevania games. Yeah. Um, anyway, we can't just have another huge conversation about Castlevania. <laughs> Yes, we can, but we won't. So I, I said last week that there was a couple of games I was going to play. I actually said about five, I think, um, but I've played two of them. Ooh, nice. So one of them is a game I picked up just as we were, or just after we recorded, called Dude Stop. Oh, yes. Yeah, which I had I'd not seen a lot of, but my understanding was that you were supposed to play the game You've got these tasks to do, and the point is to fuck them up and be a prick. And that, that kind of is what it is, but it's not this rapid-fire warrior wear sort of thing that I thought it was going to be. Um, there's a game that came out a few years ago called McPixel. I haven't heard of that. It's a fairly simple art style, like stick men, quite colourful, but like 8-bit style graphics, I guess. Um, it's really good. It's really funny, McPixel. And it is just this rapid fire nonsense, and it's not about doing it right or wrong. It's just, it's just the game. I, I sort of figured it'd maybe be quite like that, but it's so slow. And it, it, the worst thing Dude Stop does, is, make you repeat stuff. So you kind of want to just do okay. I've done this set of levels. Now I'll do the next set. Now I'll do the next set. But you have to unlock these cups, and depending on what you do, or maybe it's just artificial barriers. It's just this one you need to redo. This one you need to redo. You, you don't get the next set of levels. You have to redo the ones you've done to unlock stuff. But it also doesn't really tell you you need to do that. Like, I am not unlocking the next set of levels unless you do this. Because the whole point is to go against the announcer. Um, so um, the, the sort of plot of it is that you're playing... You're there as a tester for this game. And you're talking to the developer. The developer... Like, there's a lot of audio in this game. And it does subtitle it, but... Um, yeah, there's an awful lot of audio. Okay. And he, you know, when you mess up, he's he gets very stressed with you and you're like, you know, can you not read? Are you stupid? Are you... But it's not done in this sort of Stanley Parable, clever, funny way. It's, it's quite whingy and a bit irritating and it's so slow. Like, you have to just wait for him to finish talking before you can move on sometimes. And he's making you do stuff and it just... I don't know, I don't, because it is made by sort of one guy with a couple of people helping out, I don't want to be too critical of it. Yeah. But if I was being, that would be my, my <laughs> criticism, is uh, the announcer doesn't come across as as, as funny and as witty as you'd, you'd want. How often does this announcer sort of like pipe up in the game? Oh, constantly. Oh, okay, so like, yeah, that would be very annoying. Yeah, if you, and it it might just be personal taste as well. It, it I don't like him, but it might be that Someone else plays it and they like, oh, I thought it was really funny. I liked him. Yeah, it, it worked really well. Um, reminded me of the guy who made the Stanley Parable did a follow-up called The Beginner's Guide. Where you're playing through these games and he's sort of talking about the games as you're playing through them. 
it's that sort of a spirit, I think, that the game isn't just the mini games. It's the whole thing. It's the fact that you're playing it is part of the game. Sure. So it's a good idea in that. It's just not quite... I think I wanted just the game, not the, the whole concept as well, if you see what I mean. I wanted the rapid-fire yeah. um, approach to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. It was fairly cheap. If it if you, it sounds interesting, still get it, I guess. But yeah, little things like it will sit on the, the end of the minigame. It's not like, right, next game, straight away. It'll sometimes just sit on that for a bit to the point where you're like, is it, is, do I, am I supposed to do something or is it frozen? Is it, you know, but yeah. It just needs to be a bit pacier, I think. I get you. What was that on, sorry? Uh, I played that on the Switch and you can right. use the touchscreen, but it's a bit hit and miss with touchscreen. So I was using the controls, which are also a little hit and miss. But okay. my, I mean, I think it was made for smartphones and PC originally, so probably better on those. So the other game that I mentioned at the same time as Dude Stop is uh, Kukiyomi Consider It, which is one that I think you said you might have as well. Um, no. Okay. No, what platform's that on? Switch. Right. It quite often goes really cheap on Switch, sort of two ninety nine, And it is, uh, you get these mini games and it's how considerate you want to be. So if you're sat on the bus and the two people come on that are together... You can move over so that they can sit. Where... Yes, I remember you mentioning this, and yes, yeah. I, I did say I thought I might have it. I'm, I'm with you now. I'm old. Yeah, this is more what I wanted. It's genuinely funny at points. Uh, it's, it's game after game after game after game after game. It's just rapid fire. It's not always clear what you're supposed to do in the same way WarioWare can be a bit yeah. frustrating. That was the, the obvious f- comparison. Yeah, the the problem I guess com- this compared to WarioWare is those games come up quite regularly on WarioWare. And you start to realize, oh shit, okay. Whereas this, that, that seems to just be it. You're just done. So um, things like, there was one point I had to clap in time with everyone else and I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> but I don't, because so far I'd just been pressing up or down or left or right. I think I had to press a face button, like a B or an A. I don't, and it's not always clear. It just needs a, a button prompt and, you know. Yeah. But all it really tells you is the thing in red is what you're controlling. And you okay. might have to do something, or you might not have to do something. This sounds fun. Yeah. Um, but it, like, so some of them are just things like, you get, there's one where it tells you to stand up and then bow to the teacher and then sit back down. I'm not, I'm not fucking doing that. So I didn't do that. Um, but yeah, some of the others are just like, okay, I'll move out of the way so this person can, can sit down or I'll let this old man's fallen asleep on me. I'll just let him, you know, rather than barge him out of the way, or so like shove him over, kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, but then there's one where you're a baseball player visiting a sick kid in hospital, and you say, "I'm going to hit a home run for you, make you feel better. I'm going to hit a home run dedicated to you." Yeah. Uh, and I completely missed it. Don't oh, know yeah. what button I was supposed to press. Callous fuck. Yeah, it made me properly laugh because it was like <laughs> I was sort of thinking, do I just miss this? Should I miss this? Press the button and went, oh well, I, well I have missed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it does, like I say, it's got a sense of humour. It does come up at the start as well and say like this is a Japanese game that is translated, but has Japanese, so it has English and Japanese, and then says enjoy Japanese culture, <laughs> and it, it has a lot of Japanese culture in there where it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this situation. Right. Like, there's clearly a thing that Japanese people do and they all know what you're supposed to do. And but the yeah. right thing and the wrong thing. And I just have no idea. That's so, funny. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I was playing it. It's like the last thing I played before the podcast. I finished Dude Stop this morning and then went straight onto this. 
and played like 60 games or something like that. Just like <laughs> Is it a game it. you can finish? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so. And there's other modes as well. There's co-op mode and there's, I think, like an endless mode or something. Um, or maybe you can pick levels. I don't know. Because, yeah, there's some that I like to go back. But it doesn't grade you. Well, it does kind of grade you. It says, like, you are somewhat considerate or you're very considerate or whatever. Um, but it's not like you're not getting a red square because you fucked up that mini game kind of thing. Or a red cross, sorry, because you fucked up the mini game. You're getting, well, it just, you just move on to the next. And so it is supposed to be quite relaxed and just do what you want. But like I said, at the same time, I'd like to go back and redo some of the ones that I fucked up. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, recommend it two ninety nine, and um, it's almost always on sale and it's it's really funny. I think there's three of them now. So I might, when I get to the end of this one, I might pick up the next one, I think. Kudos for sticking with dude, whatever the fuck it's called as well. That yeah. could have been, that's easy to quit. You, you, you didn't have to do that, man. And you did respect. Yeah. Well, I, I did put it down for a while. Yeah, but you went back to it and you finished it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to praise you here. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Thanks very much. No worries. Um, the biggest, well, no, not the biggest game I played, but right at the start of the month, I forgot to mention it last month that I picked it up. And it's a game called Marsupilami Hoob Adventure. Mm. Which, um, Marsupilami is an old cartoon that I think has been rebooted. This on the Switch as well. Yeah, Switch yeah. and I think PlayStation. I looked it up after you talk, You spoke about it last week and I've got it in my wish list now on the Switch. I just love those Switch games. Yeah, I really recommend this. I think people should buy it because I, I also think, as I guess is to some extent the point in the podcast, I think it's going to get hard to find. I think it's going to be a rare game because... Yeah, okay, I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I honestly, it's great. I've really, really enjoyed this. It's a Rayman Legends type game without the touchscreen elements of, and co-op of Rayman Legends. 2D platformer, kind of oh, 2D-ish, I guess. But And it's just quite inventive, Like has lots of ideas. It's fairly basic, jump on enemies' heads and they pop, or you can hit them, or you can roll into them. Uh, platforming with sort of drops to doom, whatever you call them, pits of death. But it's quite easy, or for the most part, and it throws lives at you. And um, there's uh, there's bonus stages that are like the Sonic One on the Master System bonus stages, where it's just nice. you know you had the springs and you just bounced around and got all the rings and got extra life, extra life, extra life. Yeah, just sounds like fun. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's just it's just colourful and bright, good music, really fun, not hugely difficult until like the last three levels, and then it gets really fucking hard, like properly, <laughs> properly hard. Up until then, the challenge. I I guess as much as there is one comes from you get these feathers in the level which again is a Rayman Legends thing five uh, there's five in a level apart from the boss levels where there's three and um, you have to collect them and then not die for until they're like collected properly as a timer on them okay oh yeah I, I know what you're talking about yeah you pick them up but you have to stay alive for a certain amount of time yeah I think that's in Rayman yeah yeah definitely yeah so I, I wouldn't be surprised if this had people that worked on Rayman on it. I didn't mm. manage to get conclusive evidence whether it did, but it feels like they probably did because it's so similar. And also it's like good. It's really good. Um, but yeah, if you collect them and then you die, if if they're actually collected, then even if you go back to the checkpoint prior to collecting them, they stay collected, right? which is, is good. But that's probably where the challenge and... Um, some of the sort of more interesting moments come from because you have to go and explore a little bit to get these. That's quite um, cool. And the secret levels, and some of those secret levels can be fairly tough as well, which are 
you have to it's platforming in the sense of quite often it'll be like an on a you'll be grinding on a rail and you have to jump and not grab onto it so that you fall to get through the ring but then grab on after you've gone through the ring and things like that just becomes a bit more of a less of a kid's game and more of someone you know who has played some platformers before sure yeah i don't know what else to say about it it's really cheap i guess the the downside is it's it is fairly short there's only three worlds okay um and so you're looking at i don't know 10 hours maybe doesn't overstay its welcome i can appreciate that yeah i wish there'd been one more world at least i i but that, again that's hardly the worst criticism of i wanted more of it i was really enjoying it yeah i didn't I didn't feel ripped off because it was about 30 quid, but yeah, it was over sooner than I wanted it to be. Um, there is stuff to do post-game, like secret levels to find, and uh, you, there's time attacks and things like that, but I'm, I'm probably not going to go and redo the same levels over and over and over. But I collected all the feathers and did all the uh, secret all levels that you have to unlock, and yeah, yeah, wholeheartedly recommend it. Like, possibly the best thing I've played this, this month, I think. Ooh. I no, I just want a quick shout out to Rayman Legends, right? I loved that game. I'm just looking at my stats on Rayman Legends that I played, yeah. And yeah. I, I put in seventy hours um overall. But the because I went all in with the achievements and the last achievement was to reach the final level of awesomeness. And to do that you had to play like the online challenges and you had to play them every day, the daily one every day. And to get the amount of fucking whatever, like lums probably, to to uh, unlock the final level of awesomeness. So I finished all the the main game. I did everything. And I basically 100%ed it on the 4th of March, right? And yeah. then I played, it, I played it every day until the 1st of May. So all through the entirety of March, April. Um, yeah, and then fucking first of May, I unlocked the final achievement. Um, but it was a, also a labour of love. I just really fucking enjoyed it. I enjoyed like doing the little speed races every day. That was a phenomenal game. And if this, what was this called? Marsupial what? Marsupalami. Marsupalami. You hoob adventure. Wow, that's quite the name, isn't it? Yeah. If that's anything like this, then I've, I'm in. I've, yeah, I want to buy that and play it. Honestly, it's great. It yeah. really is good. Like he, I. I think saying something's in your top ten this year is maybe not a huge achievement because I think this year's been pretty poor. But oh, I don't. Um, I've played some good games this year. Yeah, I've a couple of other people have said that to me. I, um, I guess with the caveat of I haven't played Forza, which I might have really enjoyed. I'm not a huge Halo person, so no. There's two big games that I have no interest in. So, it, you know. Yeah, but, that's fair. That's taken up my December so far. Forza Five and Halo Three. Yeah. No. What? Halo Three. I don't know where that came from. Halo um, Infinite. But we'll do. Maybe we'll talk about games of the year next next month or something. Probably not. But probably not. But hey, I, I'm going to do a little list anyway. So I'll tell you what. Let's. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll just make a little section about it. We won't do a whole podcast. Maybe we'll just have a quick rundown and little discussion about it. Yeah. Yeah. Might shape what I play a little bit as well because I want to get back to a couple of things before I do any sort of game of the year stuff. Anyway, moving on. Um. The uh, I guess the final game that I played this this month I played some uh, and this will probably get mentioned again over the next few months but Shin Megami Tensei Five I managed to get to that oh you actually and started it I, yeah and I wasn't gonna talk about it because I didn't feel like I played enough because I've editing this podcast last time it took me the better part of a week fuck then, did it I was gonna yeah, ask actually I forgot 
and then I did um, I did a, a video about uh, the captured from the Dreamcast and all that, and that, that took a bit of time. You haven't mentioned it. I, I well, you won't let me. And yeah, so I, I sort of felt like Shin Megami had been put on the back burner a bit and hadn't made the sort of progress. But the last few days, I, I have put a decent amount of time into it. And um, so I, I'm still relatively early in the game because I happened to look at a guide because I was stuck. I just wanted to check something with the boss. And then, you know, when you end up kind of seeing something, like essentially it was like, here's a list of all the bosses. And you kind of, oh, fuck. Okay. I've probably got another 100 hours of this. Easy. Whoa. So we'll see. Maybe you get a few that are back to back and things. But um, yeah, I think I'm about getting on for 20 hours in and it's probably the 15 hour point where I start to have sort of meaningful thoughts on the on the game and usually what you get with an RPG is you start off you, like Persona is a, a prime example for this you start off you get a little bit of story quite often quite a lot of story in Persona and then you get a short dungeon where you get thrown in here's an introduction to the combat blah 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 you spend half an hour in there and then you get taken out of the dungeon uh, and then you go back in, and you'll learn the next set of mechanics. So now you can fuse, and now you can, because it's a Shin Megami game, now you can fuse, now you can do this, now you're up against the boss fight. You've already learned weaknesses in the first part, come back out, because you stay in long enough to sort of burn out all your magic and stuff, and, and then sure. you're brought back out. Shin Megami Tensei Five doesn't do that. You get the story at the start, not a lot of it, but a little bit of story, and then you're thrown into what is essentially an open world. It's, it's open, and it's quite, it's a, a structured level, I guess, but it's um, lots of side routes and all that sort of stuff. So yep. Open plan level. Not unlike a, a Halo level or something, I guess. Sounds good, uh, then. And you're in there for 15 hours or something before it pulls you out, before the story goes, right, out you come. You need to, uh, you know, need to do some story stuff now. That's a so long you, time. Yeah. So you, it does mean it's not as hand-holdy as you sort of expect. And it does mention stuff to you, but... So one of the changes to the gameplay over previous Shimigami games is there's no more random battles, which I think there might not have been in four anyway. You you see the enemies and you hit them in your way you would persona. You as a as uh, your your character do not learn skills. Instead, when you, you can find these things called essences in the world, you can buy them, or sometimes when you catch a demon or convince it to join you, and it levels up, it'll just give you the essence, its own essence sort of thing. Okay. And that means you're getting its its moveset, and you can fuse that essence into you or into another demon. So if you've got a demon that is, for argument's sake, immune to ice, so anyone that does ice attacks, they'll just bounce off it. That's really handy, but you might only have ice as a spell, which means if you're up against a boss and that is doing ice damage, it's probably immune to ice as well. So if you give that your demon that has ice and is immune to ice the fire spell, which that boss is weak to, that means that demon is perfect for that boss. And so you can start yeah. to do that sort of thing like, okay, this does does force, which is wind, and lightning. I need a, I need someone who could do heal as well. I need someone to heal or I need someone who could do um, ice or, or whatever. And you can you start to mix and match, match give people powers. Your character doesn't learn any skills himself. You have to give him skills from these these fusions and stuff. And you can also... What used to happen in Shimigami is you changed your armor. That would change what sort of weaknesses you had. So it okay. might be in your best interest to have weaker armor, but it's immune to 
or it's not weak to the thing that you're about to face. In this, you have to take these essences and use them to take on the traits of that demon. So if that demon isn't immune to lightning and you're about to fight something that uses lightning a lot, bring that in and, and switch out your weaknesses for that one. Okay. So doesn't sound doesn't sound like earth shatteringly complicated no but it's a it's something that you do need to get used to because it's so easy to just keep playing and not not engage with that sort of stuff but you are okay. going to have to and it doesn't like I say it doesn't force your hand it doesn't stop you and go right go into your menu do this do this do this beat this demon okay now we're done it it just sort of leaves you to it so if you don't do it you you know is it that mechanic um in the Shen Megami games, have you already said that or not? Um, in, in like previous ones, taking these essences, no, I don't think so. I mean, right. fusing demons is, and that's that's obviously still part of this, but altering their move set, I don't think. I think you could maybe give them a move in the way you can Pokemon, and you might have been able to do that to yourself in previous games, but you couldn't. You you weren't you were learning moves as well, I think, or right. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong with that, but um, yeah, they do tend to blend into one. You know, there's a lot yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like this, not a unique mechanic. These sorts of things. There's elements in fucking every type of game ever now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the element system comes from. I think Shimigami was the first one to do it. It goes back to the NES Shimigami. Right. So it's, it's a really old series, but it, it definitely predates Pokemon, which is probably the more famous one for doing it. Sure, but the the way you sort of alter your character and other demons is uh, is slightly different. Yeah, still sort of fairly occasionally fairly funny with the stuff the demons say to you. Um, the open world has a bit of a look like the switch is the switch, and so it, it can look a bit rough. Um, I'm <laughs> playing on handheld, so it might look better on when it's docked. But yeah, um, since I finished the first section. It's, it feels like it's really kicked on and I've enjoyed it a lot more. And I was enjoying it anyway, but it felt a bit toothless in the way Shimigo, um, Devil, no, Dragon Quest XI did to me. Like <laughs> Dragon hell. Quest XI felt like it never quite got to its point. Like it never quite tipped into being a really good game. Sure. This feels like it might actually be doing that now. Okay. There is one thing that I wanted to flag up though, is there's a bit where the story gets a bit stupid. And so it's Shin Megami games we talked about last month. It's generally good and bad, or order and chaos, God versus the devil. And you end up working for the Japanese branch of Bethel, which is like God's army. <laughs> okay. This isn't the stupid bit. This yes. is, you know, this is all fine. This is all normal. Yeah. And so you're in their home base and you're, you talk to people and it's all your school friends happen to work there, you know. You know how it is. Yep. Um, and they, the, um, then this guy walks in, and one of the characters says, "Hey, I recognise him," and he's he's the the head of the Japanese branch of Bethel. So you know. Yeah. But he's also the prime minister of Japan. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like fucking, I don't need this story. Like he could have just been not the prime minister. They could have. Yeah. Just... There's lot. There's there's more people than just the prime minister of Japan in Japan. Yeah, it that sort of annoyed, but it it's moved on from that. But it did get me thinking about if this happened over here, and I was like, you know, <laughs> taken into the the demon world, fused with a demon, and then was told like, yeah, you, you know, do you want to help God against the demons? Yeah, I guess I probably should. And then 
I like your cavalier attitude about that, by the way. Yeah. But then you you walk into a room, you hear this voice. I recognise that. It's like, oh, alas. <laughs> you're, like, yeah. sorry, you're, you're the leader of God's army. Yeah, you straw-headed cunt. Yeah, and then Reese Mogg's there. You're like, okay, you're clearly the bad guys. Clearly the bad guys. There's already a theory that the devil is actually the good guy and it's God that is evil, right? Um, because God's the one that punishes people. And anyway, let's not get into this. This isn't the podcast for that. But, yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe the Japanese like their their politicians more than we do, but it really <laughs> wouldn't work over here. Um, so, yeah, it, that's something that I did roll my eyes at when it popped up. But Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, hopefully it does. It started to get a bit darker again after that and a bit more um, Shin Megami-ish. So it, the, uh, there's a school section that is really fucking good. Yeah, you would say that. Yeah. So it, it I'll, obviously I'll keep playing it, but it's, uh, I might, I don't know how much more I'm going to talk about it just because. But it's also a lengthy ass game, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's so, going to be an ongoing mission. Yeah. Assuming I even finish it, I don't want to, it don't, it can't be that interesting just to hear me talk about it every month. No, so, it won't be. So, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, um, I'll probably not talk about it next month unless I've got something actually interesting to say about it. I was going to add that in case like some other politician or Billy Connolly or something turns up. Yeah. Yeah. If um, David Attenborough pops up and he's on yeah. the, the demon side, you're like, oh <laughs> shit. Uh, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure at some point I'll kill God and I'll, I'll tell everyone about it. <laughs> I would avoid if I did. So we always finish with a uh, a question of the month. Oh, no. Did you not prepare? Did no, you I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should not finish with a question of the month. I completely forgot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we the actual end of the podcast is always any plans on what to play next month? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to fire up my GameCube and I'm going to play through at least some of each of those four games that I bought. So that's Torek Evolution, Prince of Persia, The Two Thrones, uh, Blood Omen 2, and Burnout. That's what I'm going to have a look at. Oh, and I'm going to play that uh, Ontamarama as well on the DS. I'm going to open that up and give that oh, bad yeah. boy a go because it's a musical game. I, I need to get that in my life. Yeah, I need to uh, potentially buy one of those games. Um, do, you, do you know what? I'm going to have to fight everything inside me to not play through the original Touch Detective again as well because <laughs> we mentioned it and I, I literally, the reason they're fresh in my mind is because I've got my DS collection out there, Attic today or Loft or whatever we call it here. And um, yeah, I got them out specifically because I wanted to look at them and now I want to play them. I'd, I'd like to play that Hotel Dusk again and so maybe I will end up down a old DS game hole, but I should play... Um... Cape West game before I go back to Hotel Dusk, I guess. Nice. Maybe the one I haven't played before I just start playing old stuff. Sure. I picked up a game that uh, I got it on Steam that I've been looking forward to for ages. Turns out it came out the other month and I just didn't notice. Um, probably heard me talk about To the Moon before. Yes. Yeah, this sort of uh, RPG Maker style uh, narrative game, visual novel. Um, and then played uh, Finding Paradise a couple of years back, which is a brilliant game. Just like they're both quite hard hitting in different ways. Um, but you know the odd gut punch here and there. Anyway, the third and I think it's the final game in the series is a game called Imposter Factory, 
which uh, I picked up last month on Steam, and so we'll. Um, I did sort of mean ideally, I wanted to get through enough stuff that I could play it as well this month, and just didn't didn't really get the time. So it's uh, yeah, it's a thing that I'm definitely going to set aside. I think over Christmas, I'll I'll have a day where I just play through that like nonstop, nice and, uh, beginning to end because they're, they're usually doable in that sort of time. But yeah, that's one that I'm definitely going to play, and um, I don't know after that. I mean, you you're allowed to be a bit freeform to it if you pick something up and you just want to play it. You don't have to announce it now. It's not like a fucking pool table where you got to announce which <laughs> pocket the black's yeah, going in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll play more Shin Megami, but probably not talk about it. And uh, <laughs> I'll play some games. Won't talk about them. Yeah, and I, I'm going to say Moon. I think maybe just every month I'll just say Moon and then never play it. Fine. Uh, or at least uh, talk about a game with Moon in the title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds like a Castlevania game. <laughs> that will work. So, weren't you going to mention something about the music? Oh fuck yeah. I'd like genuinely glad you reminded me because yeah, I'm about to cut it in. So um, I mentioned it last month. That the the theme music that we've been using the past couple of months, past couple of episodes, is by a guy called Benjamin Shaw under the name of Mega Dead. Um, I I really like it. He's got a new album out. This came out at the start of the month. So right after, I think before the podcast came up or got published, but after we'd recorded, called Authentic Country Music. And it's really, really good. It's like genuinely one of my favorite albums of the year. Uh, and I got sent, he sends out free codes to his mailing list sometimes. And so I, I got it for free and I feel bad because I ended up really enjoying it. And we're not, you know, paying him to use it, sure. <laughs> use some of the music. So what I'm going to offer to do is I'll need someone's email for it if they want, but I will buy one person a copy of his album. Um, if I, I'll need their email, but yeah, if they get in touch through uh, either the MF Gamers Twitter or MF Gamers itself, um, mfgamers.net, then um, I will buy them a copy. Oh, that's nice of you. Is it is it first come first served? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much it is because I've already got it. So ah, okay, it am I be... am I unavailable for this contest? Because <laughs> I could just say it now. Um. You wouldn't count. I'll buy you a copy as long as it's not like fifteen quid. I'll buy you a copy if you want. I wouldn't. I wouldn't accept it. No, oh. do it. Do it as the generous thing that you oh, no, do. I do oh no, this would be separate from the uh, listeners kind of. Oh yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's very nice, of you Ben. You must be full of the Christmas spirit. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to end. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, like I said, if you want the copy of the album, send us a message. And uh, if not, go and buy it. Authentic country music yeah. by Megadead on Bandcamp is genuinely really fucking good. Outstanding. Um, and a happy Christmas, everybody. Yeah, we'll be back in the new year. Yeah. Happy New Year, too. Yeah.